0: Welcome, and thanks for joining me, your host, Jan M. Flynn, for this episode of Here's a Thought, the blogcast for people who overthink. Now, if you've been listening this month, you know that Here's a Thought is doing something different in October. We're devoting every weekly episode to story time. That is, short stories written by yours truly. With a slightly dark or twisted flavor, something that should fit with the season of spookiness. Halloween is full of little demons and devilish characters, but I couldn't help wonder, do demons ever need a break from being, well, demonish? All that torturing and taunting must take a lot of energy. Do they ever take a day off? Anyway, that's a hint as to what my overthinking brain was up to when I wrote this tale, which by the way is not meant for children as it contains, well, adult themes and some off-color language. I would informally rate it PG-13, so beware listening to it in the presence of little demons. Having said that, I hope you enjoy this story, Imp. The bartender nodded at the squat, bandy-legged figure that struggled onto the last stool on the left. At three in the afternoon, there was no shortage of empty seats in the place, but once settled, the customer hunched over the bar, spindly elbows drawn in as if braced for impact, hands in mismatched gloves gripping the rail. Seen you in here before, haven't I? Been a long time, though, said the barkeep. The customer's head shrouded within an oversized pink Juicy Couture hoodie, jerked up as though startled. Uh, oh, yeah. Been busy. The gruff, oddly high-pitched voice defied easy gender identification, though the hoodie and the plastic superwoman's sunglasses suggested a feminine orientation. Still, the bartender declined to draw conclusions. A bar like this one, tucked away on a downtown side street, should be a haven. A refuge. Especially this early in the day. I hear ya. What can I get you? Absinthe. Bohemian style. You sure? I got some vieux pontalier here. The real thing. I could prep it with iced Evian for you. It's got a beautiful louche. No. Bohemian. The customer dug into a ratty shopping bag and came up with a wad of crumpled twenties, plunking them on the battered oak surface. Okay, you're the boss. "'said the bartender. "'It's still quiet in here, so I can fix that up for you. "'But not when things get busy, understand? "'Not safe.' "'As he spoke, he rummaged under the bar, "'his back to the gleaming array of elixirs "'displayed on lit-up glass shelves behind him. "'Producing a squat bottle with a label in curling check, "'he poured a measure of the green liquid into a dainty glass, "'balanced a small spade-shaped spoon on its rim, "'and perched a sugar cube in the spoon's flat, slotted bowl. He drizzled more of the liquor onto the sugar and allowed it to soak while he filled a small glass pitcher with ice and water. His customer observed silently, training the toy sunglasses on his every movement. A broad-bellied man in a red baseball cap came through the front door and eased up to the bar. Recognizing him, the bartender paused in his operation to pull a foaming pilsner glass and set it before him. Was that you doing, Scotty?' asked the man. He eased his bulk onto the stool to the right of the absinthe drinker, who edged a degree farther to the left. "'Well, Bud, this is a special order for the lady,' said the barkeep, flicking his eyes toward the pink hoodie to check if he was safe, in his assumption. The thin lips beneath the superwoman's sunglasses didn't move. "'What is that? Looks like radiator fluid,' said Bud.' who leaned in fascination toward the green bottle. Scott had to pay strict attention to the next step, so he ignored the remark, as he lit a match and held it to the sodden sugar cube. A blue flame soon wreathed the cube and dripped into the liquor below, igniting it too as the sugar bubbled and darkened, its molten caramel dripping into the glass and turning the contents a sullen shade of brown. The flames rose and turned yellow, and the bartender reached for the pitcher of ice water. Uh Uh-uh, this is good right here, growled his customer, who snatched the spoon in one hand and the glass in another, quaffing the contents in one swift gulp, flames and all. Sucking the residual sugar from the still-burning spoon, she sighed in satisfaction and waved at the empty glass, signaling for more. Holy shit, erupted Bud. You're supposed to let me douse the flames and dilute the stuff before you drink it, said Scott. I mean, it's your poison, but you could get hurt. And I could get in trouble. Don't worry about it, growled the tiny woman in a voice like an irritated Pekingese. She shoved the wad of twenties closer to Scott. Hit me again. Damn, yeah, remarked Bud. The hoodie, sunglasses, and unsmiling mouth swiveled in his direction, then away. Scott sighed. "'All right, another one like that, but if any more customers come in...' The gloved hand jabbed insistently at the empty glass. Bud downed his beer and said, "'Hey, Scotty, fill me up before you get going there.' Scott pulled the beer, set it before Bud, and repeated his procedure with the green liquor and the burning sugar. A smell of singed molasses and licorice rose over the bar, acrid and sweet. Again, as the glass erupted in flame... The little woman seized it and downed the contents. "'Damn, will you look at that!' remarked Bud. "'Where'd you learn to drink like that, girl?' She made no reply, except to tap the bottom of her glass on the bar and nod toward Scott, who looked dubious, but began prepping her third round. "'I had me a friend in high school who lost an eyebrow drinking Flamin' Eddie's,' remarked Bud. The pink head swiveled toward him again, the set of her mouth no less grim as he continued. You know, shots of southern comfort that we'd light with a match. Dumbass us he could drink them while still on fire. He got two down okay, but the third one splashed all over his face, burned the shit out of him. Lost his eyebrow and the damn bet, too. <laughs> Bud snorted with laughter. Another beer for me, Scotty. What's your name, sweetheart? You ever take those sunglasses off? He edged closer to the woman looming over her. She made no reply except to turn her attention back to the preparation of her drink. "'Well, hell, then, I'll just call you Sugar,' said Bud. "'Since you like Sugar so much, hey, how about I buy the next round, and we can go sit at one of them tables over there and have Scotty bring it over?' "'What color hair you got under that hood, Sugar?' With his left hand, he tugged experimentally at the point of her hoodie. She flinched, retracting further into herself. Easy there, Bud, warned Scott. I'm just being friendly, said Bud after a long swallow from his glass. Not bothering anybody. Sugar here and me are making friends. Isn't that right, Sugar? Not my name, growled the woman. See that? Crowed Bud. Now we're having us a conversation. Tell me all about yourself, Sugar. What do you do to keep them twenties coming in? Kind of work you do. She tipped back her third small conflagration. One more she said to Scott, who rolled his eyes but nodded. Bud, undeterred, went on, Me, I travel a lot on business. Long haul, short haul, I pick up trips where I can. People think it's easy driving a truck, they got no idea. Looking to be an owner-operator, that's where the better money is, but gonna take a while at this rate. Goddamn economy, right? The little woman sighed wearily as she waited for her next drink. Scott smiled at her. Bud's not real good about picking up on signals, he said. You can tell him to go to hell any time you want. He gets that a lot. An unnecessary redundancy, she replied, one corner of her mouth tugging upwards. Bud hooted as he wrapped a large hand around another beer. Ooh, listen to you. You a professor or something? But you got that, what do you call it, tenure, right? Easy street. Summer's off. A hostile edge had crept into his voice. "'Me? I got no job security. Gotta bust my hump day in and day out for another twenty years before I even—' "'I'm not a professor,' she said, interrupting him. "'And no, you don't.' He gaped at her in surprise. "'What do you know about it, girly girl?' he challenged. "'Back off, bud,' said Scott, as the green liquid in the woman's glass ignited once again.' She made a ragged huffing sound that took Scott a second to recognize his laughter. The front door swung open, and five people entered, lanyards still draped around their necks, bearing their identification as employees of the power company on the next block. Shafts of late afternoon sun followed them through the door. Gulping her drink as speedily as she'd dispatched the previous three, the little woman nodded toward the pile of tangled bills on the bar. "'Keep the change,' she said to Scott as she gathered up her shopping bag and climbed down from her perch on the bar stool. "'What's your hurry?' the edge in Bud's voice achieved a whining note of conciliation. "'We was just getting to know each other. Weren't you going to tell me where you work?' "'You'll find out,' she growled and waddled on her spindly legs out into the fading light of day. "'Damn, she's like a midget or something,' remarked Bud as he watched her leave. "'Hey—' "'Is there a circus in town?' "'Drop it, Bud,' said Scott. The bar had grown crowded at happy hour, full of snobs who thought they were hot shit too full of themselves to talk to him. Scott claimed the owner refused to let Bud run another tab, and by now Bud was out of cash. It was still early, the last rays of the summer sun stabbing out of the west as he blinked to get his bearings, weaving slightly on the sidewalk.' The payday loan office was another two blocks east, and if he hurried, he could probably make it before they closed. If he crossed the street and took the alley that ran behind the tire place, he'd save time. He stepped off the curb and took two unsteady strides before the driver of a westbound delivery truck glimpsed his form looming out of the glare one second too late to hit the brakes. Well, I'll be damned, thought Bud amazed to feel himself airborne and weightless for a heartbeat, before his body returned to the pavement with a damp thud. A cacophony of blaring horns and screeching tires subsided into cold silence. Ignoring the stares of passers-by, the little woman in the pink hoodie gripped her shopping bag and hustled down the street. She turned a corner and ducked down a narrow easement between buildings, more of a gap than a proper alley. In the brick wall at its far end was a small door, clearly a relic from an obsolete building code. Removing the glove from her free hand with her teeth, she used a long, curving fingernail to deftly pick the rusty padlock on the chain that ran from the door handle to a metal ring embedded in the adjoining wall. She heaved on the door, revealing the scissor gate of an antique dumbwaiter. She pulled the outer door closed behind her, leaving a gap just wide enough to snake a hand through to reconnect the padlock. Drawing back the scissor gate, she tucked herself into the dumbwaiter's cavity, heaved the gate shut, and yanked on a brass lever. The dumbwaiter rumbled to life, lowering into the murk of its ancient shaft. The contraption picked up speed as it descended through layers of rubble and stone. Unfazed by the utter dark that surrounded her, she removed her sunglasses, and peeled off her hoodie, edging the top away from the pointed ears that jutted out of her sparse hair. She shoved the sunglasses and sweater into her shopping bag, followed by her faded cotton dirndl skirt and Hello Kitty snow boots. By the time the air began to warm noticeably and an orange-red glow suffused the dumbwaiter from below, she stood naked and balanced on her small cloven feet, her thin tail whipping in anticipation above her bulbous, glistening posterior. The dumbwaiter thudded to a halt. Already sweating in the gathering heat, she opened the scissor gate and stepped out into a vast circular hallway whose shadowy wall was punctuated by a myriad of doors, portals, and apertures of all sizes and descriptions. Other figures stepped through several of the doors, some small and built like herself, others towering and multi-limbed, all either leaving or just arriving. She shoved her shopping bag into a locker on the opposite wall, grabbed a dog-eared time card from an enormous rack, and stood impatiently in line. A deep gong reverberated through the hallway just as she fed her card into the maw of the machine that clocked her in. "'Made it!' she muttered in triumph. She pushed through a tall arched door whose metal surface steamed in the heat to find another rack, this one holding an assortment of pitchforks, maces, and flails. Finding a snake-like four-foot pole topped by a sharpened trident, she tested its heft and nodded in satisfaction, taking it with her as she headed down the spiraling ramp that led through spouts of flame and guttering smoke to her assigned level. "'Welcome back, Squinch,' said the huge warthog-faced foreman as she reached her station. "'How was the day off?' "'Hey, Chief,' she answered. "'Pretty good. Usual stuff. "'You got a fresh one for me, don't you?' "'You know I do,' he chuckled, "'and waved toward an unconscious figure "'whose hands and feet were shackled by manacles "'chained to the scorching stone wall. "'She grinned, her needle-like teeth gleaming "'as she approached the inert form. "'Raising her trident, "'she gave the protruding gut a swift, wicked jab.' The shackled man came to consciousness with a wail of shock and agony. Hey there, bud. Remember me? My name's not Sugar. But you've got forever to figure it out, she cackled, and, raising her trident again, went to work. Thanks for listening to this episode of Here's a Thought. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a star rating or a review on your podcast app. That really does help other people find the show. And don't forget to hit that plus sign on your app to follow the show so you have access to every weekly episode. Until next time. May any strangers with whom you strike up an acquaintance turn out to be trustworthy and very nice. May you spend your time off in whatever way makes you happy, as long as it doesn't hurt or annoy anyone else, and may all your thoughts be good ones.